down at the bottom, you see David, or pardon me, Daniel Iverson. Daniel Iverson is the author of this hymn. Now look up at the top where it says Spirit of the Living God and look below it in the small print and notice from where he got the message. Acts chapter 10 verse 44 says, The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. There it is. Guess what you can do with Scripture when you really pay attention and take that Scripture to heart. There it is. We talk about this over and over again, about how important those songs are. Those songs speak the Word of God sometimes more loudly uh, than we've ever heard them before. And uh, that's a wonderful thing. Let's pray together and then we can sit down. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today, this very day in which we have come before you, worshiping you. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us at this very moment. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we started a series about uh, fear, and we suggested in that uh, message <coughs> that um, the uh, Bible tells us 366 times, do not fear. And you'll notice in your bulletin, you think that's a misprint, that is 365 times. Well, I personally counted the do not fear in Young's Concordance. And I'll have to admit that after I got to about 247, the words started to kind of run together and I had trouble separating the, the one from the other. So I had to go back and start again. And I counted them the second time. And I'll have to admit that I ended up with uh, 365. Uh, <clears throat> so... Somewhere in the neighborhood of 365 or 66 times, God felt it, pardon me, God found it so important to tell us, do not fear. Do not fear. And we're going to be talking about fear in its several forms over the next uh, couple of weeks, a few weeks actually. And today, we're going to talk about the fear of failure. And every single one of us, uh, have been there. Oh, I can't do that. I might not do it right. I might fall. I might uh, drop it. I might, whatever it might be, I, and, and I'll look foolish. Guess what? With that definition going, I see a room full of fools. And the king of fools stands before you right now. Because every single one of us has failed in one way or another, at one time or another. Uh, and golly, I mean, here it is. We live through it. Look at us. We're all here. Uh, we all got here under our own steam. We're all breathing. We're all praising the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And it's a wonderful, wonderful time. And even though uh, I have upon occasion, not a rare occasion either, uh, failed. Have you? I bet you you have. There we go. Psalm 34, verse 4. That was a verse that we started with last week. And I think I want, to, I want to go over it again. Psalm 34, verse 4 says this. I sought the Lord and he heard me 
and delivered me from all my fears. Now, one of the things that's important for us to remember is as we read scripture, this is the inspired word of God. This is the truth of truth. There is nothing more true than what we see in God's word. God has given us his word. And if all of that I just said is true, then when I read something like I sought the Lord and he heard me, David is saying, he wrote this particular psalm and delivered me from all my fears. There it is. There it is. He delivered me from all of my fears. Fear not. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not. What's that word again? Fear. That's what it was. Do not fear. I want to read a passage of scripture for you. And it's a familiar passage. And we're going to see fear in its wonderful uh, context. And you can probably in some way identify uh, with this uh, if you change uh, change the setting just a little bit. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Uh, it's a parable, parable of talents. In my Bible, it's the red letter, so therefore it's Jesus speaking. This is Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, he who God has sent down to be with us, to prepare us the way is saying these words. This is what he is saying. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his servants together and delivered delivered unto him his goods. Verse 14. <clears throat> and unto one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, and every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Well, of course, the, the man that's on the journey, that's God. And everybody, everybody else, the talents, that's the servants, right? That's you and I. And there we are. Now, what are the talents? Talents in the scripture are talking about money. But we can take that and it can mean exactly what we really think the word talent means. Abilities, okay? My talents. I have a, I have a talent for doing this. I have a talent for doing that. I'm capable of doing these things. <clears throat> I'm I can't clear myself. And unto one he gave... Oh, we did that already. Verse 16. <clears throat> then he that had received the five talents went and traded the same and made them another five. And likewise, he that had two, he also gained the other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. That's verse 18. Verse 19. And after a long time, the Lord of those uh, servants came and reckoned with them. And he, verse 20 says, And so he that had received five talents came and brought other the other five, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, verse 21, really very important, listen carefully. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Hey, that's pretty good. That's that's really a pat on the head, isn't it? Fantastic. Verse 22. 
He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. (coughs) Verse 23 and verse 21 say the same thing. Exactly the same thing. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Five talents, two talents, got the same pat on the head. Same pat on the head. Then he, which had received the one talent, came, verse 24, and said, Lord, I knew thee, thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed, and I was afraid. And I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. Here's that one talent back again. It's kind of dirty now. I've got to dust it off. But there it is. 25, 26. Now the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have at least put my money in the bank. And then my coming, you should have received it back again uh, with interest. A couple of words from King James I translated for you. There, take there. Take therefore, verse 28, the talent from him and give it unto him which have the ten talents. For unto everyone that hath small that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'll have to admit, I've read this passage over and over and over again, not in preparation for this message necessarily, but in the years that I've been reading Scripture. Uh, and I look at this, and I, and I come to verse, uh, where is it, 20, I want to make sure I got the right verse. He said, which, okay, verse 24, he which had not, had received the one talent. He that has received the one talent. Okay, that's the fellow we're talking about. Verse 24. And he says, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. Is there one of you, is there one of you in the room that would stand before your boss and say that to him or her? And anticipate having employment the following day. I mean, think it, now think about it. And, and every time I read that verse, I'll have to admit, what an idiot. What an idiot. But anyway, so we'll set that aside. Uh, he doesn't have good skills in that way. So he doesn't really seem to have any skills at all, does he? Anyway, there it is. But what we see in this, what I like, there's, there's wonderful things to be seen because the one that has the five talents, and I want to use the word talents now not for money, but for, uh, uh, t- for talents, for, for abilities, for opportunities to serve. Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about opportunities to serve. And there are those of us that have a multitude, you know, the whole list. Man, he can do this and this and this. 
and and she can do that, and man, she's good looking too, and and da 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 da, and, and all and on and on it goes. And what about me? What about pitiful me? All I can do is, all I'm able to do is. So why should I even bother? Well, the scriptures clearly indicates that whether you have five talents, ten talents, twenty talents, a hundred talents, or how many talents are there, I don't know, or you only have one. The answer is going to be the same if you use the talent, isn't it? Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Five talents, two talents. And I know that had the person that had the one talent, the one opportunity for service, had he served, he would receive the exact same pat on the head. And we'd have read that verse a third time in this passage. Is that not true? And so there we are. But everyone fails. And so there's five or six things we want to talk about in the idea of failure. And the first one is exactly that. It's everyone fails. Everyone fails. Moms fail. Dads fail. Bosses fail. James chapter 3 says this, We all offend in many ways. Uh, there's another translation that says we all stumble in many ways. I can remember a time when <clears throat> when Shirley and I, our children were young. Uh, I think I'm talking about Philip. I might be talking about Blair. So that's son number two and three we're talking about. Anyway, they got left at preschool. Shirley came home, and I was home, and Shirley and I, and she came in the house, and I said, "Where's whichever one was it, Philip?" It was both of them. It was both of them at one time. Oh, we practiced, and so we did it with one. We might as well do it to another. There it is. So anyway, where's Poloni? I'm I'm using that name now, right? Okay, where's Blair? Where is Blair? And she looked at me like, "Well, don't you know? Don't you have him? You know that kind of business." And we looked at each other and realized that Blair was still at the preschool and we were home. I wasn't that far away. We'd forgotten her kid. We'd forgotten her kid. What a lousy mother sits right here. What a lousy father stands before you confessing his sins before the world. Man, did I fail that day. I don't even remember who was supposed to do it, but evidently I thought she was going to do it and she thought I was going to do it and so nobody did it. And Blair was left at school and Philip was left at school. We practiced, so we left Philip at school as well. We all stumble. We all stumble. I love that commercial on on television that, that has the mother with the first child and and she's, she's hiring a babysitter and she wants credentials and all of this. And, and, uh, I, I want to, I want to see your bloodline. Have you done your DNA test yet? I want to check you out completely and, and so on. First child. Now she's got two or three kids. The babysitter hits the door. She throws the baby at him. He says, I'll see you later. I'll be back in a couple hours. Right? There, there it is. Uh, everyone 
fails. So that's the first one. Everyone fails. So we're all in the same boat. The fact that we all fail, we can all agree. How many of you, and this is a rhetorical question, I don't want to see hands. How many of you forgot your kid? Left him at Kmart, left wherever, you know. We lost Tiffany in the mall. She went into one store, we went into another store, and and we sent the three boys. Can you imagine? They're all, you know, they're two years apart. Tiffany was three, so that puts the rest of them, you know, wherever. And we had everybody looking for, for Tiffany. And Tiffany finally showed up. She said, and she looked at Shirley and me, where have you been? And we were thinking, where have you been? There it is. We all, we all fail. But the second thing we need to realize is that failure is not final. Failure is not final. We retrieved Blair. We retrieved Philip. We found Tiffany, or Tiffany found us. Uh, I guess depending on who tells the story, that'll work out uh, in some way or another. Did you know that George Washington, father of our country, first president of the United States, all of the accolades that we give George, George is on the dollar bill. Why is it great that he's on the dollar bill? All of us have a picture of George. Now, you might not have enough money to say, I've, I've got a picture of uh, Abraham Lincoln, or, and so on, and, and Hamilton, you know, and the other guy, Benjamin Franklin, forget it. I haven't seen him in so long, whatever. But we've all got a picture of George. George is Mr. Superman. Wow, what a hero he is. The father of our country. Two-thirds of the battles that he was general of in the Revolutionary War he lost. Two-thirds. Congress, half the time that they were arguing about things, they were arguing whether or not, should we fire George? Should We got other generals. Certainly, anybody can do a better job than this bum. Anybody can do a better job than this bum. But then Congress being Congress, yeah, well, it's just, you know, we'll give him, we'll give him another battle. <laughs> we'll give him another battle. There it is. Anyway, two thirds of the battles. And it wasn't until Yorktown, the decisive victory at Yorktown, uh, and George gets the, you know, he was the general, so therefore he gets the, he gets the accolades for, for having won that battle. He won the war. And because he won the war, he was unanimously elected president. What's president? I mean, a brand new country? We don't even know what president is. He basically invented the presidency. When you think about it, read your history. Failure is not final. Proverbs chapter 4, 24 says, For though a righteous man fails seven times, he rises again. Now, last week I told the story about, about my first public speaking experience. Now, had I taken that failure and said, well, that's not for me. I'll never get up in front of people again. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and that would have taken away an opportunity that God has given me a opportunity, a talent, a calling to do something that I wouldn't have done. Because I go back and I think about that abysmal speaking contest that I lost. So, and I was devastated. You are the worst speaker tonight. 
me? Me? You know, when that fellow pointed his finger at me, he said, and now understand why whosoever can be saved. It means anybody can be saved. If he can do it, and I'm thinking to myself, am I that wicked or was I that wicked? Everyone fails. Failure is not final. The wicked shall fall into calamity. Now we go back into our friend with one talent. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. If we allow that failure to stop us, then we've lost. We really have lost. And there are those of us that have done that. We've done that. In Galatians chapter 6, it says this, we must never get tired of doing good because if we don't give up, the struggle we shall get, our harvest is at the proper time. Now, I've told the story before. I was in Campus Crusade. uh, And after training, we went out into Rialto and I knocked on 22 doors and had 21 doors theoretically slammed in my face. And I was ready to say, forget this, door-to-door evangelism is not the thing that Martin was called to do. Uh, And then somebody whispered in my ear, well, finish the block off. You've got one more house. It's right there in the corner. You can at least say you did the block. And I did the block. And what a joy. I'll never forget the joy that I received at that 22nd door. When you maintain, when you keep up, Never get tired of doing good. What have I was called? What have I been called to do? I've been called to go out and to share the good news. I am not called to reap, although I do. I do upon occasion reap. There's a wonderful saying, Campus Crusade. I think I still remember it. Successful witnessing, successful sharing, successful loving, sharing the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. Successful witnessing is simply taking the initiative to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to Him, to God. So if I went out, I had a very successful day in Rialto that day. I knocked on 22 doors. I did exactly what God called me to do. I did it. I can't measure how effectively I did it uh, until I got to that last door. But I continued. I continued. Now I'm, I'm patting myself on the back, but only to illustrate the fact that we fail and that failure oftentimes, and that's why I use that particular one, because all of us are called to do exactly what I did. Now, we might not be knocking on doors. Door-to-door evangelism is not something we do much anymore. <clears throat> but we are called to evangelism. We are called to speaking for the Lord Jesus Christ wherever we go. We are called to share the Lord's love. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Give me a minute and I'll show you what it is. All of us are called to do that. All of us. Failure is not final. Failure is not final. Going on. So remember that everyone fails. So we're all in the same boat there. And it's not final. George finally won a battle. And what did he get? 
Boy, did he get a pat on the head, right? We're talking about our friend George Washington, right? Okay, and the third thing is we have to recognize the benefit of failure. The benefit of failure. Now, that sounds ridiculous. But there is a benefit. Romans chapter 8 says this, And we know that in all things, underline all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Have you been called according to his purpose? Are you Have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you walking in him? Are you ready to follow him? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I command you to go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. You're not talking to Martin Albert because he's a reverend. He's talking to all of us. So how is there a benefit in failure? Because God works through our failures. He educates us. Through our failures, we get edgy. Oops, I didn't do it right. Next time, I'll do it right. Next time, I'll do it right. My son, Philip, <clears throat> when he was going to master's college, he had a, a professor of piano, and you all, most of you, know what I'm talking about, said, hang up the piano, Philip. You're You're nowhere. I'm paraphrasing. But you'll never amount to anything in your ability to play the piano. That's what he said. Philip could have taken that wise advice and went and found a trumpet or a violin or or anyway. But Philip decided not to do that. He felt that that he did have that gift, that gift of of, uh, putting that piano to good use. And you've all benefited from it, or most of you have. Uh, and so educating us, and he educated himself in that. Benefits. Develops our skills. God will work through our failures to develop our skills. I'm certainly not the speaker that I was 50 years, 60, uh, never met how many years ago, uh, when I blew that speech contest. To develop our skills. I don't think I need to say too much more about that. God will work through uh, through our failures by helping us to discover our true talent. And using Philip once again, he's not here today, so, so I can pick on him. I should say Mr. Poloni, I guess. But you got the idea. He's truly talented. He really is. He's a talented player. And, I, and it's my son, of course. You know, no. I think you all would agree with that. Helps us to discover our true talent and then and thereby, by our using our true talents, being able to use those abilities that God has placed at our disposal, we're able to do what? We're able to uh, be that faithful servant. Matthew chapter, uh, whatever it was, 25. So, benefit of failure. Oh, and it makes us more humble and less judgmental. Oops. Even even I, Mr. Perfection, I am a perfectionist, you know. Even I have made an error. I read uh, Man in the Mirror. Some of you men might have read the book. And there's a quote, and I can't remember the, the, uh, the politician now, but it says, there once was a time when 
I thought I made a mistake. But I didn't make a mistake. I was right. And that was the only mistake he made. What? Thank you, John Foster Dulles. There you go. Okay. I was actually, the only mistake I made was thinking that I made one. <laughs> there you go. Ah. Here I stand, the perfect one. What, the only perfect one I remember, and look what they did to him. Uh, and there we are. Makes us more humble and less judgmental. So we have, <clears throat> knowing that everyone fails, we know that failure is not forever, and there are benefits to failure, and there are good benefits. We, we uh, receive benefit on those failures. But we need to refine the word failure. This is something good. I'll read this to you. I didn't write it. A new definition of failure. Failure isn't failing to reach your goal. Failure, uh, failure is falling, failing to set your goal. Does that make sense? Failure isn't falling short of a dream. Failure is not pursuing a dream. Failure isn't trying <coughs> and making mistakes. Failure is making the mistake of not trying. Of not trying. Redefine failure. When we're able to, to understand what failure is and what it can help us to do, uh, we become better people, don't we? And then we need to resist the comparison to other people. Resist the comparison to other people. And that's difficult in our society, I'll have to admit. There's a lot of competition and, and who gets the gold medal and, and all of that kind of business. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Let everyone, uh, uh, let me read it, King James. But let every man save his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. <laughs> Make sense? Going back to my 22 doors. That 22nd door was mine. I, I, I persevered. I did all of the things that God told me to do. Keep trying. Keep going. Keep going. I went to that 22nd door and an entire family came to know the Lord Jesus Christ because I was willing to knock on that 22nd door and I was willing to say, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Let me share with you the other three laws. Campus Crusades, four spiritual laws. My work. But of course, my work in that I was taught that work through the ministry of others. And of course, it was my work in the fact that God was in it. It was God that was providing me that avenue. Where am I? Oh, I'm right on track. My timing is right on track. There we go. So, not in comparison to others. It's not when we got back and somebody said, well, I, I knocked on eight doors and five people listened to me and allowed me to, to share with them. Okay, five talents. I only had one. I had one time that I shared that day. One time. One time. <coughs> so resist that comparison to other people. Now, the, the other last one is 
to replace fear with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You've read that. You've shared that. I know you have. That's one of those memory verses that we learned. I can do all things through Christ. Christ will empower me to do all that should be done. But he said to me, 2 Corinthians says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I can't do this. Only you can do this. I can't do it. Only you can do it. That's what it's all about. That's what we're talking about. Surely <coughs> does Spurgeon morning and evening. Well, not so much evening, I understand, but morning. So Spurgeon's morning. And she brought this to me the other day. And she said, hey, look at this. Isn't this neat? And we read a portion of that uh, together. And I I said, wow, yes. And then I, I read the entire page. And I saw some other things uh, that fit in. I'm going to read them to you uh, as as we close. Because it speaks to exactly who we're talking about. Because it's all about grace, isn't it? It's all about grace. We go back to our our three servants with the, with the talents. He gave them out of grace. He gave them talents. I gave you five. I gave you two. I gave you one. I gave you one. Every, everybody got one. Everybody got something. Everybody gets the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody does. That's grace. For it's by grace we are saved through faith, it says. Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to what Spurgeon says. God's people rejoice to feast upon the fullness of his covenant. That's that covenant of grace. For they see in it all things provided for them. Now, think in terms. We just celebrated uh, the Lord's table. And in the Lord's table, he says, take this cup, which is the New Testament. Testament also means covenant. Same word in the Greek is the new covenant in my blood. This is the new covenant. The new covenant is what? It's grace. It's grace. In spite of who you are, in in spite of the fact that you buried your talent in the sand, in spite of, in spite of all, you know, in spite of you, I still love you. That's grace. That's what we're talking about. For they see it, it, in it, the grace, the covenant of grace, all things are provided. God is their portion, Christ their companion, the spirit their comforter, the earth their lodging, and heaven their home. I love the way he put this, earth their lodging. Lodging is a temporary word. It's not, it's not home. It's not home. It's an apartment. It's a, it's a, it's a, until the rent is due, until the, until I'm not going to pay the rent anymore. It's, 
Lodging is just a place to stay. Heaven is their home. They, people of God, see that the law was made void because it was a covenant of works and dependent upon merit. And we get back to the five talents. The only person that gets patted on the head is the guy with the five talents and brings back ten. But see, that's not true because the guy had two and he brought back two more and he made it. And by extension, had the guy with one gone out and done something with it and come back, uh, he'd have got patted on the head too. That's grace. That's grace. They see that the law was made void because it was a covenant of works and dependent upon grace. But this they perceive to be enduring because grace is the basis. Grace, the condition. Grace, the strain. Grace, the bulwark. Grace, the foundation. Grace, the top stone. The covenant of grace is a treasury of wealth, a graveyard, pardon me, a granary of food, a fountain of life, a storehouse of salvation, a charter of peace, and a heaven of joy. Grace. Grace. In his grace, he has given to you talents, using this Matthew verse. He's given to you talents. And he's asked you, as he's asked these three servants, to take those talents and use them for his glory. That's what we're about. And we can't allow fear because he has the strength. He's, he's the one. He tells me, my grace is sufficient for you. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. All you need is my grace. If you call upon my grace, if you call upon me, I will provide for you. I will provide for you. Grace is a treasury of wealth a granary of food, a fountain of life, storehouse of salvation, charter of peace, and a heaven of joy. Grace. 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 I cannot fail because God is motivating me. I can't fail. I might not be quite as good today as I was yesterday but I'm not going to fail and I'm not going to and I know that even if I do fail today that I'm not going to fail tomorrow God is going to show me the way and I'm going to be a successful person in whatever endeavor that might be as I do what as I follow him and that's of course the key that's the key is to be in him is to be in him we can live an absolutely sinless life if we pay attention. Pay attention to what? Not to the world. Not to the world. My son says there is not a politician alive that's not a thief. That's the way he feels about politicians today. That's my little political story for you today. And I'll have to admit as I look around and I'm paying attention to the primaries and so on, I have to admit that I can understand why he would say something like that. But they're not my model. I have a model. 
I have a perfect model. And that perfect model is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he was sent in the flesh. He didn't come down like an angel and flip around and fly around and all that. He came as a man. He came in the flesh and submitted himself to the power of the Father. And that's what we're asked to do. And therein, we will find success. Well, fear, failure. I know I'm going to fail. But as that definition, failure is, isn't trying and making mistakes. Failure is the mistake of not trying. So today, this very day, you need to talk to someone and be able to say these very simple words. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I would love to have the opportunity of sharing that plan with you. Do you know what you've just done? You have successfully witnessed or began a witness to that individual. Now what they do with it, that's their problem. I have the magic pill that cures cancer or whatever. Do you want it? I'll give it to you. You pop it in your mouth and boom, there it is. Breast cancer, liver cancer, whatever cancer you got, it's all gone. And there it is if you take this pill. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. A life in eternity. Not failure, but success. Not failure, but success. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Billy Graham, in one of his books just before he passed away, he said that all he really hoped for uh, was that God would say those words to him. And I'll have to admit that when he said when he said that, I was thinking to myself, well, if there's anybody that basically is a slam dunk for those words, it's Billy. Wow, what a life this guy has led. Whoa, what a big deal he was and is. And I'm not throwing rocks at Billy Graham today. But I'm not throwing rocks at Martin Hubbler either. And Martin Hubbler is not drawing football stadiums of people to hear his voice and where's George Beverly Shea to sing and Cliff Barrels to play the piano and etc. I am in a situation right now that I've been praying for my entire Christian life. Period. And I have touched lives here. I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you the way it is. I have touched lives here. God has allowed me to touch lives here, right here in this room. And today there's 13 of us. And that count, and I'm counting me because my life gets touched. Every time I stand up here, my life is touched. God speaks to me and God moves me in his spirit. 
And I pray that as I stand up here, that God moves you in your spirit. Failure is not a, failure is a given. But everlasting failure isn't. Everlasting success is. Because why? Because I have He who strengthens me. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in you. That's what scripture says. Jesus talking to me. Jesus talking to you. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today. We thank you for the opportunity of coming before you, even in our failed state, in order that we might see more clearly the path that you've laid before us. And the fact that you're ready and willing to be with us every step of the way. We thank you now and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We are on page 441 and we're doing one, three, and four. So